Hello and welcome to Connected, the podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good in this world. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. Hi, I'm Sue, Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And joining us in the room is Ronan Harris. How are you doing, Ronan? I'm very good, a bit chilly out there tonight. It is chilly, but it's very warm in here, isn't <laughs> it's it? It's lovely, it's so nice and toasty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ronan is the Vice President and MD of Google UK and Ireland, which is a, a great title. To well, that, yeah. Yeah. And uh, a big job? Well, what do you actually do? What, what do what's this what you <laughs> yeah, look like? What do you do? <laughs> I ask myself that question <laughs> yeah. on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my job is to be responsible for uh, all that Google does in the UK. Um, so to be the, uh, if you like, the face of Google and to be the representative of Google in the country. Uh, my main responsibilities, now, the way Google, the way Google works uh, is we are an engineering company We've got some of our largest engineering teams outside the U.S. here. Uh, they all report functionally into the uh, into the engineering functions, uh, and my primary focus is on the um, what we call the general business organization. Uh, so it's everything on the sales and marketing and uh, uh, strategy side. So everything to do with our ecosystems out in the market, our users, our partners, uh, publishing partners and others. And of course, last but certainly not least, our advertisers mm-hmm. um, and making sure that uh, we manage that. We manage our brand and reputation and that Google continues to do amazing stuff for all of those stakeholders. So how many people report into you? Um, in that role? Depends on how you count them. So in total we have 4,000 people uh, in the UK. Um, We have another uh, about 6,500 people in Ireland. Uh, Ireland is within my uh, remit as Mm -hmm. well. Uh, In the UK about half of those are uh, focused on engineering, the other half are focused on if you like the more business commercial side of the house. Um, And Uh, The teams that work on and service the UK are, again, split between here and Ireland. So uh, a lot of the sales and marketing, particularly for this kind of mid and long tail of businesses, is done out of Dublin. Um, So those guys all sit over there and uh, do a great job servicing and looking after the UK business. How do you keep on top of all of the properties, all of the everything that's going on with Google? How do you do that? The... It, I mean, even we struggle, yeah. uh, and I know I know our partners, uh, uh, like you guys at MediaCom and our advertisers, often struggle with that question as well. Uh, and it's complicated and it's difficult. Mm-hmm. The uh, key to it in Google, and the reason that I think we've been successful as we've grown, is we've we've continued to maintain a really uh, 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 high focus on the people that we hire, and the the uh, performance culture within the business and the, the the atmosphere within the business that goes with that. And I think it's because, you know, when you get great people in a business and you keep hiring the very best that you can find, I think that's what preserves a culture, it preserves um, uh, momentum. And, uh, you know, you always worry about that as you get bigger, but we've been very fortunate that we've been able to maintain that over the years. I think that's really interesting. And that best thing, can I just ask you, because yeah. I was thinking about this, um, in the um, uh, when I saw the the, the movie The Intern, mm. and you have that well, obviously it's not it's not your movie it's 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 a movie yep. but there's Google, we did collaborate Google, Google mm. features in it and right at the very end I, this is on my it was just on my mind um, recently because we were thinking about who we were going to employ or not employ into a certain role and kind of the twist so spoiler alert if you haven't seen it but the twist is uh, one guy says to another guy yeah but if you were stranded at an airport for, t- for, for for 24 hours, 
who, who would you prefer to spend time with? Does that come into best people as well? Is it, is it he'd be a great person if I got stranded with him? I, I laughed when I saw that because yeah. one of my asset tests is, uh, particularly if I'm hiring somebody from my, my direct leadership team, could I survive on a long haul flight to California sitting beside this person? Yeah. Um, and then would I actually enjoy it? Yeah. Uh, and I think that I think that's critical. I mean, you want to work with people who you enjoy. Spend. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all spend way too much time with our work colleagues, yeah. and uh, you want them to not just be good at their job, but you want to enjoy their company and you want to be able to learn from them. So we've got this, uh, you know, we, 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 no, another one of the rules, if you like, or the uh, things that we reference is everybody should hire somebody better than themselves. Yeah. You know, um, and. Uh, I'm very lucky that I got in early, so it's been easy to find lots of people better than me. <laughs> yeah. um, you got in early. You've been with Google 12 years. Yeah, 2005. a long, a long yeah. time. Um, there was barely an internet. Well, there was. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you've been in this role for just over a year. And I know how busy you've been because we've been trying to meet up for That's probably right. most of this year. Yeah. Is this role what you expected it to be? Uh, it is, but in many ways it's surprising as well. Um, the... You know, I've always been very close to the UK market and the roles I've had. Um, you know, a lot of the teams that I ran in when I was when I was running the business in Dublin had uh, were focused on servicing the UK market. Um, the UK market has always been, um, as long as long as I've been at Google, the most advanced digital economy in the world, and. Therefore, it's always been amongst the crown jewels within Google's ecosystem, you know, within our business because of the complexity, because of the sophistication, because of the revenue as well. It's also the largest market outside the US in terms of revenue for us. So for many reasons, it's always been kind of close to uh, what I do um, and I've understood it. But when you actually come here and live here and work here, of course, you get surprises um, and some of them are pleasant. Uh, and some of them are just surprising, and some of them are uncomfortable. So uh, I've been through all of those emotions. So was this you moving to London when you moved to this role? Yes. Which is, uh, London is not really like anywhere else. Right? It's not like anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, I lived in Tokyo for many years, yeah. uh, another big international city. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so there's lots of similarities, big international oh, okay. city. Yeah. But uh, London's very unique, and yeah. it's got its own culture and its own vibe. And, and um, I'm sensing in a good way and oh, sometimes way. not in a good way. No, I think in a good way. Yeah. I, I mean, I love it here. Yeah. Um, my sister lived here for 10 years, so I kind of come yeah, and see her see a her. lot. Uh, my wife is from Hampshire and went to uh, university in London. Okay. Um, so we've always had a strong connection. and uh, But it's been fun. Really enjoying it so far. Oh, interesting. No, we've, we've touched on culture. Um, and it's nice to hear because it, it does seem like Google's culture is, is at the epicenter of everything that it is, right? Mm. Um and it's famously forward-facing. But how has it changed in your time? You've been there 12 years yeah. and it's grown. So how has the culture changed? Yeah, I, you know, somebody gave, gave a great, um, gave a great, it was our formal global, former global head of uh, uh, HR, if you like, people operations, Laszlo. And Laszlo uh, one day said, you know, culture is not something you try and preserve. You try and preserve dead things. Cul- culture is something that you want to nurture Uh, it's got to thrive it's got to evolve and it's got to grow and I think we've been reasonably successful about keeping the kind of the ethos of um, being scrappy uh, being bold being audacious uh, having fun 
uh, not being too serious um, and we've kept those things at the core but we've evolved a lot over the years and we haven't always got it right you know and you occasionally see uh, things that come out in the media around you know quirks in our culture that are um, you know something kicks off internally in the company and all of a sudden you know the, the world yeah. thinks that uh, the culture is broken um, we've got a very open culture, which mm-hmm. is something that we've preserved. So everybody gets a voice, and sometimes those voices are uncomfortable. But I think that's an important part of who we are—that we listen to, we listen to everybody within the company. And uh, so I think we've preserved it. Um, and I worry a lot about it as we get bigger uh, uh, over the last number of years, and uh, if we continue to in the future. You know, we've got plans in the UK to grow from the four thousand we are today to seven thousand over the next few years, and as we got a new building up and running. In King's um, Cross. In King's Cross, yeah. So I turned the sod on it just last week, um, which is exciting. It's building it personally. Uh, I'm, I'm in there with my shovel and my hard hat. Yeah. Um, I always wanted to dress up in a hard hat and do a Bob the Builder routine. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, so I worry about, you know, how do you, when you almost double in size in a location in a city like London, how do you preserve the culture? Uh, and I think um, it's, again, it's about keeping some truths there, but making sure that the the team takes time to step back and think about what they want the culture to be mm. and then helping them nurture it and grow it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think because obviously I've, I've been here for ages and when I first joined the company, it was tiny. It was about 45 people. And now in this building, we're about eight, 900, I think. A bit more than that. A bit more thought. than that, I think thousand. we're over a thousand, yeah. Um, and up and down the country, there's... Big, and and, and we we've, we've have tr- tried very hard to preserve the culture... So that it feels the same, actually, if you walk in today. And it's obviously c- going to be difficult. Um, I think you have to obsess about it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's how you do it. It's it's uh, it's not something you can have at the bottom of an no. HR agenda. No. It's something And I think that's the mistake about. that, that um, I've seen people make yeah, I mean, in too. Google and, uh, and, partic- and, and mm. other companies as well, where they don't create the space to sit down and talk about the culture. Mm. Um, you've got to ask the people on the front line. Uh, you've got to ask them yeah. what's working and what's not. You've got to listen, and what could haven't you? Better, and you've yeah. got to listen. And yeah. then when, once you've asked them and they've told you, you've got to actually do stuff. Mm. Um, so I think that's kind of hopefully what will enable us to keep going. Um, what did you learn from the best boss you've ever had? Mm. So uh, the best boss I ever had uh, also turned out to be the toughest. Um, and it felt every every one to one that you had with them was uh, it felt like uh, a uh, very difficult torture session, uh, at least in part. Yeah. And so I guess what I learned from that was you you don't you know the best bosses are the ones who help you stretch and who mm. get the best performance mm. out of you, and who also make you feel good about that journey. Not all the time, but also understand how to get you through the times when it's tough you know so if, mm. you know if you if you, if you do sport mm. you don't become good at your sport or improve your personal bests <coughs> unless you go through those really really hard training sessions yeah. and it invariably involves somebody kicking you around a little bit to yeah. do it and um, so the best boss i ever worked for taught me that you know uh stretching me making me feel uncomfortable um uh getting the very best out of me was something that wasn't always a pleasant experience but he always balanced it well by making sure that I had the context that I needed when we just kind of when we decided on a plan that he would give me the support you know Mm -hmm. I always knew that he was there if I needed it 
um, and would always take me into his confidence, giving me his perspective about what was going on in the business. So uh, I think it was, you know, you don't always have to be kind of nice and fluffy and very often the best thing you can do is a good manager is to give the really tough feedback and give it early. Tell it like it is. Yeah. Did you find that boss or did he find you? How did that happen, that relationship? He was inflicted upon me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder if we know. <laughs> if you could change Google in one way right now, what would it be? It's apropos of nothing, it's yeah, yeah. just what would you change? I think that, you know, I think the... Um, so we're an engineering-led company, mm. um, which is great. Uh, I think... As we get bigger, the challenge, so there's two things I'd mentioned. So one is the, you know, when you look at Google, there's kind of a right brain, left thing that go, left brain thing that goes on and making, get, getting the engineers closer to some of the things that happen in the market um, and giving them yeah. that real feel for it, I think is something that grows increasingly, increasingly difficult as the company gets bigger. So figuring mm. that one out. And the other thing is, you know, we, uh, we still think of ourselves as a entrepreneurial kind of startup kind of company, yeah. right? Which is a bit weird if you're anywhere except in Google. <laughs> um, and with that, there's a little bit of a mentality of kind of like the the launch and iterate um, and make it good enough. Mm. And I think that there's parts of what we do that, are, you know, being good enough it actually needs to be great. Yeah. And it needs yeah. to have that polish that you expect of one of the more successful companies around the place. Um, and we, you know, sometimes we forget to do that. And uh, uh, I'd like to change that a little okay. bit. Any, any examples you can share? Any examples? So I think, um, uh, let me give you a good example. So um, I'm going to go blank now. But I think on, you know, there, 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 there are little things that I find in some of our consumer products, right? Uh, around the usability, mm. um, where it would be relatively easy to fix. Mm. You know, I've got a particular kind of uh, annoyance that I come across in Gmail regularly, and um, mm. we haven't fixed it yet. Yeah. And it's because we're off kind of changing the world and yeah. we're doing amazing stuff, right? Yeah. And <coughs> the engineers are all focused on that stuff. Yeah. But it's just irritating that yeah. we haven't yeah. gone back and fixed yeah. that little thing. Yeah. And um, I think there's a list of those things around the place. Uh, and uh, anytime I meet a user, they always have their own personal Course. list yeah. of yeah. gripe. And you guys must have some. Yeah. yeah. Of course, but then I was literally just sitting here thinking there can't be many companies who provided more convenience to more people. So a minor annoyance on Gmail, then you remember Maps, you remember Gmail, you remember I know, but, then, but, but that's so human, isn't it? Because so much of what we have now is like amazing. And then you go, it's taken us, it's taken two seconds <laughs> to load. <laughs> yeah. it, it, you used to have to go to a library to look it up. That's it, right. and it, uh, but, but that's what we do as people, yeah, yeah. we just yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Um, what's next for you? Um, so having just kind of gotten through my first year uh, uh, leading the business in the UK, I think it's uh, getting through the second year. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, it, you know, it, it, I haven't really thought much further than that. I see so much opportunity uh, in the UK and so much more that we can do. Uh, in many ways, it feels like we're kind of just getting going on some of it. So uh, I'm really excited about the things that we can do for our consumers, for small businesses. Um, I see this great opportunity to get more small businesses using technology over the next few years. There's a huge job to be done around digital skills. And you know, if you come back to our core business of digital marketing, 
and uh, you know which is which, which is home ground for you guys yeah that the pace of change in that is going to continue to be rapid over the next four or five years whether you're talking about the shift to mobile the shift to programmatic just the consumer shift to digital the the, the you know we talked about the ever escalating expectations of consumers mm. in terms of they want it and they want it now mm. and they want infinite choice and they want it to be personal to them. They're all things that collectively we're going to have to figure out over mm. the next few years. So yeah. uh, exciting years of change ahead. And, and disruption, disruptive. Yeah. 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 Without question. Very interesting. Uh, now we're on to regular questions that we ask every guest so we can compare and contrast. Uh-oh. So uh, what advice would you give to someone just starting their career in our business? Um, challenge everything that doesn't feel right or doesn't make sense mm. I, th- I love that I think no some one said that before no one has said that which is weird I think uh, I think sometimes we we think coming into a business you know there's all of these people around who've been doing it for years and they mm. know how to do it yeah. and in this industry with all of the disruption going on I'm pretty sure that more often than not it's the opposite um, and I see it in my own business. Very often, mm-hmm. the best ideas are coming out of the folks who are fresh in the door. You know, they've been there for yeah. six months, and they're going, "Well, have we ever thought about that?" And we're going, "No, damn, no, we haven't." Yeah. Um, so I would say, uh, challenge everything and assume that you're right until somebody gives you evidence that you're wrong. We've got a great saying uh, in Google: "In God we trust. Everybody else must bring data." <laughs> uh, so have data to back up your opinions yeah. until somebody else comes and proves you wrong. Hmm. If you were a genie, what five commonly available objects would I have to put in a magic circle to summon you? Because I could have used this, couldn't I? I can safely yeah. say that this is uh, a question I've never been asked. Is this a thing? This no. You know, yeah, well, we, we I asked... I can't remember what... I wrote it, but I can't uh, remember no, no, it's, 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 Andrew's, it's Andrew's head. But, um, <laughs> so what are the kind of five... So, so five commonly... So I have to be able to go and get them easily. Easily. Um, mm. All right. So it couldn't be the the Mona Lisa or something like that. So I have to be able to get hold of them. And, and, and okay. the idea is, is if I put them in a magic circle, yeah, you would I've be compelled you. to appear. Okay. So let's have a go. So... Uh, I would say a boat, if that's not too... Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. What type of boat? Um, basically anything that floats. Oh, really? Critical factor. Why? If you're talking boats. You're, you're a sea. Uh, I like anything to do sea, with the water. River, if you, water. If I have spare time, you'll find me on the water, in the water, or under the water in some mm-hmm. shape or form. Okay. So oh, really? a boat. Oh, interesting. Um, I would pick uh, seaweed. Uh, because I love going for a walk on the beach. You know, given the choice, can you go for a walk on the hills, climb a mountain? Yeah. Blah, I'll go for a walk on the beach, and oh, particularly a nice stormy day. Yeah. Uh, so I lo- and I love that smell of kind of fresh seaweed yeah. up on the beach. So Have you seaweed. got a favourite? Favourite? I mean, uh, obviously I can't provide favorite a favourite specific seaweed, but, but a beach or a favourite space to get that seaweed. Uh, I love. I love. Uh, I spend a lot of time down in the southwest of Ireland in West Cork. Mm-hmm. So uh, I try and spend as much time down there cool. as I can. And uh, I was recently introduced, so uh, my wife went off and did a seaweed foraging course, oh, which I thought was kind of a bit yeah. weird and wacky. Yeah. Um, but then she came back and she, she, she went and she foraged and she made this uh, seaweed pasta thing with the with seaweed called pom-pom seaweed that you can pick at low tide. Did it's you eat it? Like a pom-pom. <laughs> yeah. And I ate it. It's, but it's amazing. It's like truffles. Oh, really? Wow. It tastes like truffles. So, wow. uh, and apparently seaweed is incredibly good for you. So, uh, okay, so okay. some seaweed, ideally pom pom seaweed. Uh, next, a uh, nice bottle of red wine. So I do like my my wine. Okay. Uh, so some red wine to kind of wash that Any down. Particular. Any particular? Any particular? 
particular, Bordeaux and Saint-Emilion. Um, okay, cool, I can get that from Tesco. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So we're good on that. Uh, so that's three. What else? Um, I, I I would need my phone. Yeah. I thought you. I, thought I would need my phone, which would cover all of my uh, communications and media needs. Yeah. Are we uh, going to be putting a Pixel Two? Is that, and is that what we're doing? We've got the Pixel Two. Yeah. We're yeah. all set. Here we yeah. go. One on the table oh, uh, nice with one. my Google Assistant to give me access to all of the world's information, which is now universally accessible and useful to yes, everyone. Yeah. People don't normally plug quite as much at this <laughs> no. question. Okay. And fifth. And the fifth. Um, I think it would. Um, I think a hmm. fifth. Oh, here we go. A fifth. What would a fifth be? I would think it would be a good book. Okay. And um, something I haven't read before uh, that was uh, a thoughtful provocation about the future. Okay. Very good. Very so good. Um, one of the futurologists I love kind of listening to is a guy called Ray Kurzweil. Um, and uh, I find his view of where everything's going fascinating. Okay, so uh, your house is suffering from a disaster. Everything that's alive has been taken out. They're safe, they're fine. But you've got time to go get any three things. Any three things. You've got enough time. What are you getting? Uh, I'll... Oh, what'll I get? Um, I will run in. I will get my passport, my... um, uh, family photographs that I know are in the, you know, the print ones yeah. that are yeah. kind yeah. of digitized in the cloud. <laughs> and uh, I'd grab a crate of my favorite wine out of the cellar. Very good. Very good. Um, favorite book? I think it's still Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, okay. my, my, my favorite book. I was listening to it last night. I can't get it. It's amazing. You can't oh. get Don't panic. Um, don't panic. Oh, that's made me very happy. Um, if you had to choose one person to play you in a film about your life, who would it be? film about my life? <laughs> um, I don't think it's that interesting, but if I could choose anybody, I would go for Colin Farrell. Uh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. You know, of course. I'd have to bring out the Irish it's no, card. It's a no-brainer. <laughs> I'd have to bring out the Irish card. And um, uh, finally, for the prepared questions, if we were to give you a billboard, a poster, where would you put it and what would it say? Right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and I will admit to having not read the questions or prepared, but uh, a billboard, where would I put it and what would it say? Ah, I would put it slap bang in front of the House of Parliament mm-hmm. and it would say, are you sure you're sure? <laughs> Brilliant. Very good. Final question, you, which you can't prepare for, whether you prepare for it or not, is from our Alain de Baton School of Life. So if you could pick one of these, read it and then answer it, please. Okay. Thank you. The middle one. The most unfair thing about capitalism is... This is very profound. Yeah. The most unfair thing about capitalism is that there are winners and losers. Very good. Very good. Very good. Ronan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Thank you all. Cheers.